This is Chris White, and you're listening to Basic Business Advice. We have Ken Hostetler, partner at Equus, Jordan Mullet with the Ruby Group and Sandler Training, and Dan Olabi from Branches Worldwide and Olabi Leadership. We just turned the calendar over, guys. Went from 21 to 22 on the calendar, and for some of us, that's a big psychological change. For others of us, it just seems like it's another day on the on the unending treadmill of our lives. But it is worth taking time to talk about change and talk about what that does to our growth mindset, what that does to us psychologically, where we are in our businesses and our lives. When we have an opportunity to reflect on this, where does your mind go? Yeah, you know, for me, I think when I think about the changing year, for me, it's always an opportunity to look at what I want to do next in the world. And I feel like individuals who have a growth mindset look at the next year as a massive opportunity, 365 days to do something better than what they've ever done before. And every day is a new opportunity. I think for those who have a fixed mindset, look at the year with a lot of dread and just frustrated that things didn't go the way they wanted to this last year. And then just a little bit frustrated that, you know, they didn't change the things that they wanted to going into the next year. And so I think for me and the people that we work with, um, with branches worldwide, working with leaders all over the world, I think helping people understand that 2022 is really 100% about opportunity and nothing to do with a victim mentality or a fixed mindset and much more to do with the fact that you have the opportunity to change the world, whereas maybe other people don't have that same perspective. But that's incredibly challenging. Because we were just talking pre-recording here that we're going on year three of a change that nobody chose and that it was forced on us. And there's a lot of reflection moving into another year with these changes that are at at present with us. What do we do with this? Mm. What do we do in an environment that changed around us, maybe without our permission? Mm. Mm. I wish the world would be as simple that every single person you can look at them and you can categorize them. That person has, that's a fixed mindset. That person's a growth mindset. But what I find over and over in myself is that there's areas that I am very growth mindset in. And then there's other areas that I'm fixed and I don't even realize I'm fixed. It's been fixed for so long that it's not an area I think. And I, I just don't think it's as cut and dried as just saying, well, I'm either growth or I'm fixed. I think every one of us, when we're looking in the mirror, there's something, an area where we're like, well, I hate that, or I don't like that, or that's just not fair. And I've kind of just set my stakes down. So I think this, every single person that's listening to this is is facing this. I would even venture to say that Dan Olabi has some areas where he has a fixed mindset. That's not true. Take that back. That's, <laughs> true. That's not true. Well, I know that in some ways your growth mindset, because on the last podcast you said I agree with Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> you know, here's the one thing that I think is super important to talk about. If you have a growth mindset, then I think it's easy to identify areas that you can get better and that kind of stuff. But if you have a fixed mindset, how do you actually change that? Like, what's the best way? If you recognize that I'm the type of person who doesn't like change. I'm the type of person that digs my heels in. When there's an opportunity, I find every sort of liability in it. How do you change from being a growth mindset or fixed mindset person to a growth mindset person? Or do you need to change? Ken, what are your thoughts on this? Well, I think you're describing me perfectly. (laughs) So, you know, I appreciate that intro. (laughs) I was looking at you when I was talking. Yeah, I know, I know. So, 
you know, for me, I'm, I'm not big on using terms like, you know, growth mindset or fixed mindset. I'm a little bit the old man, get off my lawn. Said like a fixed mindset yeah. person. <laughs> like I don't even like those terms. <laughs> so for me, the, the funny story for me or what I always look back to is a long time ago, probably over a decade ago, I went to listen to a motivational speaker. Uh, I'm not sure how I got roped into doing that. Uh, usually not my thing, but I went and this guy got up and he said something very simple. He said, whatever you're doing that you don't want to do, stop doing it. And I thought, wow, this guy's a moron. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what? A decade later, it still sticks with me because there are so many times in life, whether it's fixed or whether it's something I do occasionally, that I asked myself the question, like, I don't want to do this. How do I stop doing this? If I don't want to fold the laundry, how do I make so I never have to fold the laundry? If there's a part of my job I don't like, how do I stop doing it? And that has forced me to change. So by nature, I'm not a person to change, but that question continues to push me forward. One of the way, okay, so if you don't take inventory over and over, right? End of the year, a lot of companies are doing inventory. Is a fixed mindset person even going to take inventory? But because that's where I think you need to start. Like if you want to change an area, you want to look at something. The other day, I'm frustrated with the amount of meetings I have, right? I, I say yes to a lot of things. So the first thing I did, I just started listing out all the different meetings that I have. I listed out 19 different types of meetings that I have on a regular basis. And then I started putting behind them How many of them are mandated? I have to be there because of the company I'm part of. How many of them are client-related? And then how many of them are optional? I was shocked with the numbers. But from that point, I was then able to start making decisions and start deciding what I could do with that. I would say first place to start is inventory, right? If you really want to know or change something, you got to add it up, you got to count it, you got to figure out where you're at. That sounds hard. You know, I think that, I think, I think that's, that's part of it. I mean, I think taking inventory is a big piece of it. I think recognizing areas you want to change, like Ken said, I think that's a big part of it too. But I think a big part of it as well is the people you spend time with. I think if you are the type of person who wants to change, the very first thing you do is you look around at the people that you're living with, the people that you're hanging out with, and you're asking yourselves, are they living the type of life that I admire? Like, are they doing things that I think, wow, that is really great. If you are disappointed with your friends and you're disappointed with their life, but you're spending all your time with them as well, then I think that's a great place to say, oh, you know what? I think I need to remove myself from those people and find people who are moving in the same direction that I want to move in. And just by hanging out with those people more often, you'll find yourself changing your mindset by osmosis. Like just not even having to do much, just being with them will change your behavior. Is this why you don't invite me over anymore? That's exactly why I don't invite you over. (laughs) The, The issue comes back, I think, to the fact that there are people who they just want to know what's next. They want to find out and they want to know what needs to be done to accomplish what's next. If there weren't people like that, the self-help industry that says, hey, if you do this, this, and this, you'll be okay, would not be thriving. They just want somebody to tell. So I don't know that it's wrong to have a fixed mindset and want to be a recipient of instruction because there are people that that is satisfying to them to receive those things. But we're talking about a select group of change makers who have to have a growth mindset 
to move things forward. And that is hard to say you need to change into a change maker when maybe the next thing is you just need to know what the next part of the path is in front of you. I don't know, Chris. I, I want to fundamentally disagree with you there. I feel like that statement smacks like pe- what people don't actually want is freedom. What they really want is slavery. They just want to be told what to do. They want the food on their table. They don't want to determine their own destiny. And so ultimately, if you give them that, they'll be happiest. And I think what people really want, honestly, is agency and autonomy. And with that comes this thinking that, like, I can continue to grow myself. That's almost this, like, baked-in idea of America that you can pursue happiness. And with that comes the ability to go from a fixed mindset to a growth mindset. So I think we should want that for everybody, right? I don't think I'm not okay with somebody stays in a fixed mindset. I would actively try to push them out of that. Well, it's maybe what everyone should want, but the reality is that there's lots of people who, like Chris said, are truly happier not having some of those choices. Sometimes people are happier if they go to the jam aisle and they have three jams to choose from instead of 28 because they can't make up their mind. So how does that apply for people? How do we help people who say, you know what, I don't want to have all of those, all of those choices, all those things to decide. And coming back to what you said, Dan, Fundamentally, change makers are decision makers. They make decisions. Decision making is a muscle. You have to train that muscle because it's hard. And when you are saying, I'm heading in that direction to do that thing, there may be a million decisions that have to be made along the way, decisions you will feel underqualified to make and potentially fail at. I think it's not because people are framing in the sense that I want to be a slave, but it's, I'm afraid to fail. I'm afraid to make these decisions. And it's much easier if somebody else will just say, we're heading in this direction, I'm gonna carve the path, follow along behind me. And I think that's, I think that's true. I think there are a lot of people who, who previous to the COVID pandemic would have leaned into that and said, look, somebody just show me what to do. What we're seeing now, and we talked about this in the last podcast, what we're seeing now is this unprecedented sort of shift in the way that people are addressing work and people are quitting all over the place, taking risks they've never taken before. What we're seeing in our society are people saying, I want to change my fixed mindset to a growth mindset. I can do this. I can leave this company. I can start my own. I can join another one. And so I feel like maybe before people were willing to sit with a fixed mindset. Now we're seeing a lot more people saying, no, 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 no. I can do what's never been done before. And I can do it for myself and for my own reasons. I don't even have to explain it to you. I can just go out and make things happen. I think that's worth celebrating. And I don't think celebrating people with a fixed mindset is a good thing. I think we should push them to a place where they're willing to take risks for the sake of their own destiny and their own future. Jordan, I see you over here stewing on this. Well, this is a pretty deep subject. And I'm just trying to put it into context of why. How does somebody end up with a fixed mindset? How do they? I don't think they're choosing not to grow. I'm thinking of how many things as we're growing up, as we're molded, right? The first six years of that put rules and things into us that we didn't know we could break out of. And I think that's what's so difficult is that growth, right? I just read a study that says that the emotion of being mature at 42 men and women at 35, right? So we're working through. I think we're always working through things and discovering that there's fixed limitations on the inside of us that we didn't know were there. And we're breaking through those things. So sometimes the way that people respond to a, a pandemic like COVID or the restrictions, there's things in them that they didn't even know were happening. Right? Even again, I go back to having 
taking the time to reflect. Why do I why do I say that? Why do I think that way? What's going on? Why am I responding the way I am? And being willing to to ask hard questions, journaling, getting a counselor, whatever it is, because we can change those things. That's what's incredible, right? But when it's something that's been there since I was a little kid, it to break out of that is crazy. It's hard. Difficult. I need people around me. I like what you said there that are going to help encourage me, going to support me in that change, right? Because otherwise we get people that are just holding up placards like, go back to where you were at. Mm-hmm. They're protesting us. So here's a question. Let's assume that we are speaking to, as a panel, change makers, people who are in a growth mindset. In the last episode, we talked about how the burden has shifted to the employer about retaining great talent and pulling them in, giving them a mission and a purpose. We strongly encourage our listeners to go back and listen to that one to know kind of building off of this. How does the change maker, the growth mindset of person who is listening to this right now, create space in their team for those people to move past a fixed mindset into a place of growth? Hmm. So I think I think it's a combination of things. And that's a great question because I think you can be a, an individual who has a growth mindset, but if you don't have people on your team who have growth mindsets, it's just going to be really, really difficult. I think one thing that you can do is you can have an environment where you're really giving people what they need to succeed. And my experience is people need three things in order to become a growth-minded person. They need information. They need to know that whatever they're trying to do is possible. They need challenge, right? They need someone to actually put a fire under their butt and say, hey, you can do this. And if you don't do this, you're going to get fired or something like that. Or here's the urgency or we need you or something like that. And then they finally need support. Like They need individuals that actually support them and love them for who they are, not just for what they produce. And when you have information challenge and support, suddenly people feel more free to take risks. They have the incentive to take risks and they have the information they need to take reasonable risks. And at that point, you're able to build confidence. You're able to find out who you are. You're able to do things that you wouldn't have done before because you have that kind of support and that kind of environment. That's what it takes, in my opinion. Ken, do you think we need to change our team's mindset? Yeah, I think that there's some room for that. On the other hand, you know, if I look at your organization, Dan, I, I would guess that you have a bunch of people who would never want your position. They never say, you know what, I want to be the leader of Ogallala leadership. First of all, they don't have the right last name, but <laughs> they just don't have, they don't have that desire to be that. And so the, the bigger question for me with all of this is, Having a growth mindset is great, but that can be in so many different areas of life. And I know we're, we're talking about from, from the work standpoint, but there are people that will go do a job well and be really great at it for 20 years. And, and yeah, they're going to continue to improve in small steps every year. And by the end of the 20th year, they're going to be like, hey, you know what? This was a great career. But it doesn't necessarily mean that that's a failure. I think that's where I'm hung up on of why do they have to, why do we have to look at them and be like, well, you know what, you really didn't have a growth mindset. You went to that job and you did it well for 20 years. Yes, that's wonderful, Ken. But the truth is, is the only thing that's consistent and stays the same is that everything changes. So even if you stay at the same job for 20 years, the environment's gonna change, people are gonna change. I mean, it just changes. I experience that all the time as a parent. It's frustrating. Like I get to a point where all of a sudden I figure out, I figured out one of my kids Mm -hmm. and three weeks go by and all of a sudden a whole new problem comes up and it's really not a them problem. It's a, 
my system, my method of parenting, what I taught them, what my expectations are. In order to be able to be successful at home and business, I have to have growth mindset. I have to continue to change. And then I have to have people that are doing the same thing because if they're going to stay stuck where they're at, we're in a lot of trouble. And I think to Jordan's point, I think, Ken, you're making a great point. No one's making, at least I'm not making an evaluation on someone's actual career choices. Like you can be in a place forever and still have a growth mindset, right? You can consistently do your job well. Consistency is a hard thing to accomplish. And so doing that is something that's worth celebrating. The key, though, is the level of stress that you have while you're working that job for 20 years. People of a growth mindset can basically ride their job like a roller coaster without feeling like the whole world is falling apart because they have that sort of growth mindset. They realize that challenges come up and it's an opportunity to learn and grow and they're going to stick with it and they're going to be consistent over time. People with a fixed mindset, every time something shifts at the job that they're at for 20 years, they're going to have a hernia. And by the time they're done with their job, they're going to have 20 hernias and it's going to be the worst 20 years of their life. And they're going to leave saying like, that sucked and my life was wasted. And both people live at that or work at that position for 20 years. Both people have completely different experiences because of their mindset. I want to come to Jordan Stoltz uh, here for a moment because he mentioned something this morning about the no work movement on uh, on Reddit. Anti-work. Anti-work thread on. uh, Could you tell us about that? Because I feel like that touches on what we're talking about here. (laughs) First of all, I'm getting a lot of glares around the table. So some of these guys are clearly not familiar with this movement. But it's it's this whole thing on on Reddit. And it's basically a bunch of employees being fed up with the current work environment. Whether that's not being compensated well enough. Whether that's being in a job where the boss treats them poorly middle managers going on a power trip, whatever that might be, just this kind of kind of thing where people are not satisfied with the current work environment. It kind of goes what we were talking about with the last episode where the environment's changing. It becomes on the employer now to entice the employee to come in. And it's just kind of talking about that whole movement. It's not people who don't want to work. It's people who want a different work environment and see that the system is broken. So my question to you, Jordan, and I, you maybe have read more of this, why don't those people go start their own thing? That is a loaded question. I think each situation is different. Each individual has their own decisions to make. But if you look across the board, I mean, you have people who are riddled with student loan debt, who are riddled with credit card debt. I mean, whatever that might be. And again, situations are different, but that's kind of like the new millennial problem that people are facing. So if you're if you're sitting there with fifty, sixty thousand dollars in debt, family to support, you can't even buy your own house. It's pretty hard to go out and start something. I mean, so it's not it's, ju- it's not just people complaining to complain. Right. They're in a situation that has created something. Would we blame them for a fixed or growth mindset? I don't know. That was really generous, Chris. That was not exactly what I was thinking. What would you go for it? <laughs> I just said it's generous, but again, I keep going back to myself. If I'm willing to admit that I have a fi- I have fixed mindsets in different areas, then I can address it and I can figure that out. It's it's hard to just spray a gun and be able to say, well, that's a fixed mindset, right? So I, I think one of the things that I, I wanted to throw in with this is I think it's changing values, and that's hard for all of us to accept. This is societal norms that are changing as a part of this. And so it's easy to say, well, this doesn't fit into the societal norm that I'm used to and that I believe in and that I think is good for society. So I think it's easy to quickly dismiss this and say, well, take some ownership, make some change, move forward. I think it's a much bigger conversation than that. 
Yeah, I would agree with that. I think there's some shifting societal norms. And I think it, for me, I, I relish pushing back on the norms that say it's okay for someone to get on Reddit and complain about their job when I mean, there's still the opportunity for them to get out and make things better. The Chris's question, you know, do we blame them for having a fixed mindset when they're in this impossible situation? You know, my <laughs> my mom and dad came from Nigeria and we had the opportunity to go out there and see their life, what it was like before they came to the United States. And it was freaking hard. And so when I hear about people who live in the United States that have like $50,000 of college debt and they're like, my life sucks because I had went to college and it was so expensive. But I'm like, come on. Like, if you want to go see a hard life, there are places all over the world that are infinitely harder. But you have a college degree and you have health and you have the opportunity to earn. And like, there's so much out there, but you can't see it because you're looking at your bank account that you occurred on your own with your own decision making. And you got a degree from it. Oh, life is horrible. I mean... When I see people like that, I think definitely when you want to empathize because their situation is more difficult than their parents' generation. And they were fed a bill of goods. College was way more expensive when they got into it. It kept going up. All that stuff is very true. But if you take a bigger step back and you look at the rest of the world and you look at people who even have $50,000 worth of college debt and you realize they are still richer than like 90% of the people who've ever walked the earth, then you're like, you know what? Maybe life isn't so bad for you and maybe there's still opportunity out there. So let's just talk about the people that were around, right? Because listening to a, well, that'd be a second generation immigrant, right? Mm. Didn't have the privilege to be an immigrant, but learn from those that were. The, the truth is, is that the movies that we watch, the books that we read, the podcasts we listen to, those are included in the people that were around. And the opportunity we have in the 21st century to be able to, to rub shoulders with people that have done incredible things come out of Zig Ziglar always said that out of the 300 world leaders at his time that they did a study and over, I think it was over 75% either came out of extreme poverty, had some form of a handicap or... I forget what the third one is now. Broken homes. Broken home abuse or something like that. And they had to decide what they were going to do. They took ownership and said, this is not okay. I'm going to do something in my life. And he always said, it's not where you start. It's where you finish. What you're willing to do for it. And I think as business leaders, as change, how did you put it? Change agents, change makers. I think we have the privilege of being able to gently encourage and make a difference in the people that we're around. Right. To be able to help them to see where their fixed mindset is and to ask them the question, well, what if you wouldn't hate that? What if you wouldn't hate going to work? What would you do different? Or what if you couldn't make one change every day? What would you do? Right. That would make the difference. Thank you for sharing the story. Mm -hmm. Ken. Why do we care? <laughs> it's all going to burn anyway. <laughs> uh, so they want to get on Reddit and complain. You know what? Complain all day. I don't. I don't care. They. It, it's a personal decision. It's a personal choice. It's a personal value for them. That's okay. I don't have to be angry about it. I don't have to. I don't have to yell, "Get off my lawn!" That you know, whatever it is. It's okay. That's society's changing and will continue to change, and we're going to have to face that reality. Yeah. Well, guys, we kind of wandered far afield on this topic a little bit today, but with the changing of the calendar and the changing of the year, 
over. We know that there are people who are out there saying 2022 has all of this latent potential for them to take advantage of. And they're struggling in some of those situations to find the people who will walk that path with them. And so creating environments where they can help mitigate those risks and those fears for somebody who maybe isn't as natural of a growth mindset person, I think is essential for leaders and business owners who are maybe listening to us right now. And crafting that environment, I think, Kennedy, you said this perfectly, it's changing. There's no necessarily right way to do it right now. There's no guru who can tell us exactly how that environment needs to look. It is changing and growing, but if it looks to aim to support and encourage and mitigate risk, I think people can create a growth mindset of people behind them on their team. So on behalf of Jordan Mullet, Ken Hostetler, and Dan Olabi, this is Chris White. Thanks for listening.